This is a podcast from BFM 89.9, the business station. Ringgit and Sense on BFM 89.9, the business station. Good morning. You're tuned in to Ringgit and Sense, the show all about personal finance. And I'm Sim Weebun. The saying goes, love conquers all. But here on Ringgit and Sense, we lean a bit more towards money makes the world go round. For today's episode, I'll be continuing my series looking at relationships and money and how they can coexist. And today we're looking at how you should approach your money, how should you manage mo- your money in a marriage. And joining me to discuss this is Dr. Selena Dang. She's a licensed financial planner with Core Plus Advisory. Good morning and welcome to the show, Selena. Good morning, Sim. Okay, so let's start off uh, with uh, my first question. Where So as a married couple, right? I mean, how frequent should one be talking about money? How should one approach talking about money, right? How do we, you know, one would expect that maybe from an Asian household, the conversation about money, especially between husband and wife, um, I don't know if it happens as often as we'd like. Um, so in this case, actually for married couples, so in fact, if you're engaged or you're married or you're actually getting serious with someone in a relationship, uh, it is actually a good idea to come clean about your financial situation, um, learn to share your financial goals and also start talking to one another about you know um, certain financial topics. Now, um, as a couple, you'll be sharing your life, you know, you'll be sharing a home and also your future with your other half. So it somehow makes sense for us to also share and talk about money. Um, yes, I do believe in Asian cultures, this is not widely practiced. But to think about it again, talking about money as a married couple is a sign of respect for one another. As your decisions that you make now will directly affect each other's life. So what okay. are the some of the main things that you think that a married couple should have talked about, should discuss. All right. So before we actually dwell on the kind of financial um, topics that a married couple should talk about, um, just before that, just let me set the context. Now, in any um, talk about money by married couples, setting expectations from the beginning um, when you want to talk about money, okay, is very important. Yes, it may be a sensitive topic to some, like what we you know, spoke about earlier in Asian cultures. But remember, to keep silent about money may spell big trouble in the future. So I would suggest actually um, sitting each other down okay, at least once a month and um, hashing out your budgets and money planning so that you are both on the same page. So what is essential here is good communication. And good communication is an important part of all relationships. And it is an essential part of any healthy relationships, especially when it comes to money matters. Right. I agree because, um, you know, if I'm correct, I think statistics show that nearly half of uh, the marriages in Malaysia actually end in divorce uh, and they're mostly due to financial problems, right? This is So this highlights why it's important to talk about uh, money. But I want to... I'll get your take on this, right? So you mentioned the like kind of duties and everything, right? I can understand the dynamics if uh, both the husband and wife are working. So they both draw out salaries. So they both can have very mature discussions or they both can probably have an approach to it. And we can talk about this a bit later. But what happens when like, uh, say the relationship is more like, you know, the husband is the bread maker and the wife is the housewife, right? How should you... It, approach this conversation about money. So managing finances as a couple can become tricky when 
you know, both parties actually have different money beliefs. And when couples have different priorities when it comes to spending, you know, and saving and investing, then, you know, there may be some trouble brewing there. Now, um, when you talk about um, sharing expenses, so there are perhaps a few options, you know, based on my experience with my clients, I've actually seen different scenarios in different households. So, of course, the first question is, to combine or not to combine. That is, you know, do we have a shared account or do you have, you know, or we have a shared account and we have our own personal account or do we manage our finances separately? So let's start with the first one. So I've seen uh, my clients having one shared account. So both salaries actually go into this account. So if both um, husband and wife are working, okay, all their salaries will actually go into one account. And this account will pay for all expenses, you know, and this account will also be their savings, you know, their investment money. Uh, and uh, also this account will contribute towards their shared goals. When you have actually one shared account, it's actually good in a way is that you know, both parties will be able to see the money moving in and out of the same account every month. So that can prevent any misunderstandings about household cash flow, okay, or even, you know, bad surprises or even, you know, may cause some major, uh, that may actually cause uh, some disagreement further down the road. But then I have actually also seen my clients whereby they have more than one account. So it is basically one shared account Okay, so the couples will actually agree to a certain ratio of contribution towards that shared account, you know, whether it's a 50-50 or a certain percentage, you know, according to their take-home salary. Okay, and an extension to this shared account is actually where they have their own individual accounts. Okay, they maintain their separate uh, bank accounts in um, for their, uh, to work towards their personal goals. Okay, for example, you know, um, you know, I've seen also where they have couples where they actually set aside a certain amount of money for their personal account, a pre-agreed amount, okay, and they call it play money. So this play money is actually drawn and deposited into each person's personal account. And I would usually recommend, like, if you have such an um, arrangement, okay, it would be between five, you know, or maybe five to 10% of the take-home salary. So this is what I call the no questions asked personal bank account. And both parties actually can use this money for any discretionary spending. And um, the third scenario would be where both spouses actually maintain separate bank accounts. You know, and each person actually have their assigned expense. You know, they just pay for the expenses that they have been assigned for. And yeah, life just go on. Yeah, so okay, that's what I'm curious at, right? How do you as a couple then, as a married couple then decide the kind of like what's mine, what's yours, what's ours? You know, how do you advise or how would you approach, right? Kind of like the decisions to make on what you can share, what kind of spending should be shared, what kind of spending should be separate? You know, I mean, this can go from a very big thing like a house to maybe even like groceries, home appliances and stuff like that. Well, in any relationship or in any marriage, you know, couples which actually um, have similar standards and expectations. So the challenge here is actually how to achieve these standards and expectations amicably. So then again, it boils down to having a good money talk with your spouse. And um, 
you know, and when you actually dwell on the different issues or the different financial topics, um, and that's where you actually decide who pays for what, you know, and how it is going to be paid. So let me just give you an example. For example, yeah. So when you talk about house, okay, um, some couples actually go into a marriage with assets, okay, which they have actually bought or acquired before they were married. So there are two options. The first option is to maintain the ownership of the house per se. That is, you know, the spouse does not get involved with that particular asset. Okay. And the second option, of course, would be to add your spouse's uh, name, you know, into their asset. All right. So that is if you actually have uh, a house or an asset which you acquired before marriage. Now, if you're a married couple, oftentimes you want to work towards getting your own home. So the main things to talk about is that, you know, how are we going to save for the down payment? Okay, uh, who is actually going to pay for the mortgage? So this, these are the kind of issues that should be um, discussed before, okay, you actually uh, embark or before you actually think about buying a home. Now, what about those who are actually already married and actually already, you know, um, paying off a mortgage for a house that they own? This, this kind of um, expenses, okay, it is actually very much dependent on what was agreed upon when they bought the house. So if both parties are happy about it, you know, if it's a 50-50 or like what I said just now, you know, if it's a shared expense, then if everybody is, you know, if both parties are happy about it and, uh, you know, they have no issues about sharing it 50-50, then, you know, it's not a problem. Or sometimes, you know, the husband pays more, the wife pays less, okay, or vice versa. Okay, it's just basically how you agree upon, all right, before you acquire uh, such an asset. Interesting. Okay, we're going to take a short break for some messages. Don't go anywhere. Stay tuned. BFM 89.9. Welcome back. You're tuned in to Ringgit and Sense. I'm Sim Wee Boon and today's topic is marriage and money, the double M's. Joining me to discuss this is Dr. Selena Dang, Licensed Financial Planner for Core Plus Advisory. Um, so we were talking about a bit, quite a bit on about house, but I think I want to move on to another important aspect. Uh, uh, important chat aspect between you and your spouse, right? Which is uh, children, right? How should the conversation of money and children uh, take place between you and your spouse, right? Way before the education part, the first question that you perhaps need to talk about and to agree on is whether you're actually planning to have children. <laughs> yes, because, yes. <laughs> yeah, because sometimes, you know, we have a couple and a young couple, you know, newly married and one says, no, no, I don't plan to have any children. I plan to... You know, just live my life as is. You know, live the best life as I can without having children. Whereas the other, you know, the other half would want to have maybe one or two. So you need to first come with them um, to an agreement on how many children that you plan to have. Okay, and then um, we talk about bringing up the children. You know, how much of financial support do we need to have, or how much of money do we need to have to bring these children up? You know, when we when they go to school, you know, whether uh, we should put them in the public school or whether we should agree on putting them in the private school. Okay, and when it comes to um, college or university, okay, how much of financial support do we want to give to them? All right. So also um, another point of contention um, that I've actually uh, experienced with my clients is, you know, um, the question of whether you know, you want to allow or would you want to your children to earn their way or would you like to give them every advantage? 
I have um, clients where the husband and wife actually could not agree on how they were actually going to bring up their children. So the husband was was actually talking about, you know, giving their children or their child or children every advantage. Yeah, because, you know, I came from a very poor family and my parents couldn't afford to give me anything. So I want to, you know, ensure that my children have every advantage as they grow up. When, when, okay, you, say, on- when you say every advantage, do you mean like, I'll pay for your studies. I'll buy him a car. I'll I'll get him this. Is is that what he is that what um, is that what he meant? Yes. Okay. Yes, wow. exactly that. So the husband, um, the 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 father wanted to provide everything for the children, you know, right up to you know fully paid education, you know, getting the house ready for them, you know, wow. buying a car for them, and doing everything, you know, so that the, their children have an advantage in really? life. But you know, on the other hand, the wife had different ideas, you know, because she's she actually looked at things and um said that you know she she has actually seen um children who had every advantage you know, in life and they become, you know, people who are lack of motivation, you know, and lack of incentive in life. And some of them just frittered away those advantages. Now, in this case, you know, when you talk about children, they are not only the financial part of it, but also, you know, whether you can actually, the husband and wife can actually come to a middle ground on how they are going to bring them up you know, the kind of values that they want to impart to them and also the kind of advantage that uh, they want to give to them growing up. Which I can understand because honestly, I think from both sides, there is no wrong or right, right? It really depends on how your view, worldview is. And also, ultimately, I think it really depends on how your child is like growing up, right? So that's an important point to really consider when you are talking with your spouse about your children. But another aspect that I think um, not widely discussed. It's the topic of parental elderly care where first of all it's not cheap to especially when your parents who are getting older some uh, might have uh, special conditions that require additional expense right for them to for you to take care of them right and as a couple I think um, those are usually sources of arguments that also at the same time we try to avoid even though they're happening. So a frank discussion for how you want to take care of each other's parents is, I think, important, right? Selena, do you have any thoughts or suggestions on how couples can approach this or maybe any experience with your clients when it comes to managing the finances uh, between each other for parental care? Yes, definitely. You know, this is actually quite a common issue that many young couples are facing today. You know, so we call them the sandwich generation, right? So... Yes, if you have aging parents, all right, whether they are staying or not staying with you, okay, the first thing that you actually have to think about is the kind of uh, sustenance that you'll be providing to them. So I actually have uh, a couple, okay, and um, the husband is actually the uh, breadwinner, but they somehow have come to an agreement that they have a shared account. And from this shared account, they actually um, give, okay, what we call monthly pocket money to both sides, to the husband's parents as well as to the wife's parents. So that was actually talked about way, you know, very, very early in the relationship. So there's no problem there. Now, um, perhaps the problem arises is one day, you know, if your either parent, your father or the mother, you know, they actually can grow old. So that's where you actually start to need to take care of them. So, of course, um, you may have to hire a maid, you know, to take care of the parent. You may have to have a bigger house now, you know, because you need to put up your parent in the in your home and you need an extra room for them. And uh, yes, you also have those kind of, you know, medical checkups where 
either spouse needs to be flexible and available to take you know the parents for medical checkup. When you have a situation like this, okay, what I would actually recommend is actually consider setting up a fund for your parents' welfare. Okay, that is, okay, uh, once you're married, okay, talk about you know putting aside a certain amount of money every month, okay, for the uh, future expenses of either parent. That means either the husband's parent or the wife's parent. Okay, siblings can also contribute to this fund monthly. That means you know if you have brothers or sisters, okay, so talk to them also and get them to contribute to this uh, parents' welfare fund. Okay, and uh, of course with a pre-agreed amount. You know, some siblings you know may contribute more. Some siblings may contribute less. Okay, but the idea is that you know get everyone to contribute to this fund monthly. So what will this money be used for? So this money will be used for your parents' medical bills, okay, in the event you need to hire a maid or you need to upgrade, you know, your a house, you need to renovate the house to, to accommodate uh, an elderly parent. Or even if, you know, a parent wants to, uh, if a parent wants to go for a holiday, okay, the money from this uh, fund can also, you know, uh, help them for this holiday. It actually all boils down to having a good discussion with your partner and coming up with a mutual understanding on how you're going to manage um, your parents and give them elderly care. Now I want to move on to another kind of a contentious subject when it comes to marriage. And I think these are some of the things that maybe you should also discuss very early on in your relationship, probably even before you, or just about when you get married. But this is the question of debts, right? How do you talk to your spouse about debt? And is it okay for the say one spouse has a debt and the other spouse to help to pay to share the burden of debt? Especially since, you know, I think most people view marriage as a partnership, right? So thereby, it would make sense to share the load, right? Okay, what we're actually seeing again is coming to an agreement about a financial topic. Okay, whether, you know, I should help you with your debts or, you know, whether you should just settle the debts on your own. Okay, um, so an open discussion would be very important in this case because we don't want your spouse to be shocked when there is actually a revelation. So if you're newly married, okay, have an open discussion with your spouse, okay, and um, put everything out on the table, and tell you know, and tell your spouse, okay, this is these are the debts that I have, you know, and this is my plan on how I'm actually going to solve it. Okay, whether or not your other spouse volunteers to help you with the debt, okay, that I think is quite personal. Okay, it very much also depends on whether the other party is you know um, earning a better income than you, you know, um, what kind of uh, expenses that they have every month, what kind of commitments that um, that they have every month, and whether you know he or she can afford to help you in paying off the debts. But the essential point here is that um, have the open discussion, okay, so that there is no shocking revelation that, you know, you actually have some debts that needs to be settled. Honesty is the best policy indeed. And that's been the theme for the past few episodes of this topic of relationship and marriage, right? What about salaries? I do think that maybe you should be transparent with your partner about how much you make. Uh, you know, if both of you are working, you know, it's it's good to kind of like, so that you have an idea of uh, the, the cash flow into your family, right? And especially if you share the account, right? But I think the, the contention here is when it comes to one partner make more money than the other partner and then the power dynamic 
dynamic changes, right? So going back to our Asian culture, so we actually see that, uh, you know, again, you know, talking about money can be a taboo, even for married couples. Okay, uh, let me just share with you the three possibilities that I've actually experienced with my clients so far. So we have the full disclosure kind of relationship. Okay, so husband knows exactly how much the wife earns, the wife knows exactly how much the husband earns. So uh, most of the time, either the husband or wife will manage the financials of uh, our husband or wife will actually uh, manage the money in the family. Okay, then they will have what we call the partial disclosure relationship. This one actually came about because after talking to my client, you know, I actually came to uh, understand that one party was actually worried about the spouse's spending behavior. We know, you know, sometimes managing finances as a couple can become tricky because different people have different money beliefs and, in, you know, different, uh, different people have different priorities, you know, when it comes to spending. So in this case, the wife was actually particularly worried about the husband's uh, spending behavior. So what she did was that she actually put aside, okay, a small amount of money in her own account. Okay, and what this is what she called as an emergency money. Okay, not only for herself, but also for the family and also for her husband in case um, there may be some, you know, debts or some credit card debts which may not be or if, um, if there are actually debts that may not be able, that they, they know her husband may not be able to pay or pay off. Okay, and I've also seen um, couples who have no disclosure whatsoever. The husband doesn't know how much the wife earns and the wife actually doesn't know how much the husband earns. This is true. Okay, hard to believe. Yeah? But some one, one of my clients, you know, they have been married for more than 20 years. And the wife doesn't know how much the husband earns and the husband doesn't know how much the wife earns. So each of them will actually just pay off um, whatever expenses that they've pre-agreed on. So the husband, say, pays for the house and the car installments and the wife pays for the groceries, you know, um, and then also for the children's education and whatever, you know, expenses that the children incur. So these are the kind of, these are the three kinds of uh, people that have actually come across, you know, it very much depends on, you know, your family dynamics, you know, and how open your communication is with your spouse. Right. Before we end, what would you advise our listeners who are married and maybe having trouble with finances or having trouble approaching or talking about their finances? Of course, the first one would be, you know, always have an open and honest discussion with your spouse. Okay, sit down with them, you know, have a thorough review of your finances, your monthly budget and find a compromise um, that will actually allow you to save for the future while, you know, you are still able to enjoy your present. The second one I would say is that both husband and wife should understand the total household cash flow. So even though like if you have one spouse, you know, handling all the payments, it's good to actually sit down together at least once a month and just to talk to each other, okay, how the, you know, how the um, family cash flow is, you know, where the money is going, how we are doing so far. It's important that both husband and wife understand the household's monthly cash flow and agree on how your money is and isn't spent. So, you know, the onus doesn't always fall on one person who is managing the finances to always having to say no. Last but not least, if you are actually um, experiencing troubles, 
okay, um, talking about finances with each other, you know, or if actually both of you just can't work out, you know, finances in the family, get help. Getting on the same page is the most important part of it all. Thank you very much for doing this. Uh, that's all the time we have for Ringgit and Cents. I've been speaking to Dr. Selena Deng. She's a licensed financial planner for Core Plus Advisory. Join us again next week for more discussions on personal finance. We have the 10 a.m. news bulletin coming out next, followed by Enterprise BFM 89.9. Ringgit and Cents on BFM 89.9, the business station. You have been listening to a podcast from BFM 89.9, The Business Station. For more stories of the same kind, download the BFM app.